entrepreneurs, small business owners, side hustlers, and especially my friends who are in e-commerce. Today, we have a special guest for you. We've got Harry Rakuch, who is the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of logistics company Amwar Scalable Fulfillment. Of course, a lot of you are into e-commerce and uh, building your e-commerce brands, and especially over the last two years with the pandemic, things have absolutely accelerated in that space. And one of the biggest struggles or pain points can be having a great fulfillment team as you're building and growing that business. And so that's why we're bringing in Harry. He is a 30-year logistics industry veteran who has held CEO and senior management roles at several large logistics firms. He's driven performance improvements in a wide variety of logistics operations, including e-commerce fulfillment, retail distribution, service parts distribution, reverse logistics and transportation operations. His uh, work passion, driving operational discipline and quality is kind of what he focuses on. And his play passion is flying. He's actually, uh, he's an instrument rated pilot who flies his own plane. Very impressive. Uh, Brooklyn born, so he is a uh, New York City guy. Although he does reside in Chandler, Arizona with his wife, but he does travel often throughout the country to visit customers. Harry, how is it going? Welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Leo, thank you for having me. And uh, I, I don't know how I can follow up with that introduction after that, but um, going well. Uh, it's a great space to be in. Uh, company's growing. It's been uh, it's been an incredible few few years, pandemic and all. Uh, uh, we've managed to have some nice tailwinds as a result of that. And happy to no be question. here and share some thoughts with your uh, listeners. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're we're happy to have you, Harry. And one of the questions uh, we like to delve into, and there's kind of seems like there's two paths to really create a, a life of freedom and and financial independence. One of those being the path of entrepreneurship, launching and starting something, and then another path being the path maybe we'll call the entrepreneur. That uh, you know, Bob Iger has kind of made that role famous with what he's been able to do and build. Uh, at uh, Disney, you know, I, I think of uh, some of the uh, guys at Microsoft who are entrepreneurs. It wasn't actually Bill Gates, but some of his other, you know, key key uh, leaders there who are entrepreneurs who have taken that company to the next level, and so many other companies as well. What was it that kind of led you down a path of entrepreneurship? Was that something you really thought about as you're at the helm and a CEO, you know, of a, of a fantastic company here? And uh, what what's that path and journey been like for you? Well, uh, it's been a long one, uh, and it's seen a tremendous amount of change uh, in the industry. Um, I actually, I actually got started in here by making a sales call on a trucking terminal, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, and, wow. and that that led to a job in in uh, LTL Transportation for ten years, uh, and then subsequent to that, got recruited into warehousing. Uh, decided to be on the other end of what the truck bumps into every uh, every hour and delivers. Mm -hmm. And warehousing has been phenomenal. And again, when I started out, it was uh, traditional, mostly uh, B2B, industrial-type warehousing. 
uh, and then uh, and then slowly started to get involved in uh, a, a niche called fulfillment, which not many people had done. And thinking, well, if you can ship a big pallet anywhere, how hard can it be to get a little box out the door, right? Um, world of difference, uh, very, very different, tremendous learning experience. Uh, and really glad I made the transition because uh, you just you, you meet a tremendous amount of interest, in, interesting people here, uh, people uh, that have decided to you know for, foray out on their own uh, and look to build a business, not know how to get there, look for for help in doing that. And so it's uh, it's just watching the industry grow from its infancy to where it is today, uh, and you know seeing twenty percent year on year growth where not many industries are growing at that stage, particularly with the pandemic and the slowdowns that we've been seeing. Yeah, no question about it. And so for you, as you've kind of uh, risen through the ranks there at Amware and, and maybe among other organizations you've been involved with, what are some of the keys for those who are looking uh, to be able to get to that type of position? What are some of the keys to you know being uh, trusted by an organization to eventually, you know, take that mantle up as a CEO and leader. I mean, you know, Amware has got, it looks like uh, six different locations across the country, coast to coast there. So what do you think some of the keys are for people who want to learn to become really great leaders and maybe have the chance to lead an organization like you're doing? Um, important to have a vision. Uh, and important to be able to communicate that vision where it is you think that you want to go with the business and with the people that are around you, um, you know, communicating how you plan on getting there. And then it really becomes an execution uh, piece. Uh, fulfillment is an execution business. Uh, it's plain and simple. And when you when you climb the ladder, so to speak, and you you um you wind up earning uh, additional responsibilities. It's about delivering on those commitments that you have um, all the time, uh, never letting uh, never letting an issue um, stop you. Uh, you know, never getting stuck to the point where you don't think there's a solution. Uh, and really, it's about surrounding yourself with really, really bright, good people, uh, challenging them, giving them the opportunity to lead you, and not necessarily lead them because. If everybody followed me and I was the leader, we'd drive the thing off the cliff some days. Um, but just just having people who who look at everything as an opportunity, how do you improve it? How do you make it better? And there are no boundaries. There, you know, you 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 come across in life two kinds of people, and those are people who love their space to find and then like to stay in that box and they're comfortable there and they may do well within that. And then you have people who don't want to be in the box. They, they just want to be free thinking. I mean, that's how we got to things like drones making deliveries. Uh, you know, who thought of that, right? Who would have yeah. thought that you could, Amazing. And, and maybe it doesn't work, but as an outgrowth of that, five other things that can take place and can happen. You know, when I started in the, in the business um, in, in late eighties, I never thought there'd be robots in the warehouse. If you asked me 10 years ago if I would be working in a in a warehouse with robots, I would say, I don't think so. Not in my lifetime. You know, the 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 pace of change and surrounding yourself with people who just want that challenge, uh, you could just do amazing things. And that, you know, that that for me has been about team commitment, uh, follow through and execution. Um, and, you know, for me, it's about resourcing good people, finding them and enabling them, providing them the tools and letting them go at it. Absolutely. And I think there's a common mis, uh, 
perception, especially for those who are, you know, growing in an organization and trying to, you know, climb that ladder and, and become a leader. And when you're becoming a leader, it isn't that you're the smartest person in the room who knows everything and you're making these decisions like some tyrant king, but actually it's you're asking the questions, you're bringing great people who are experts at what they do around you and then together kind of finding those solutions. And so for you, you know, to to lead right, it sounds like you've really developed kind of almost a, a you know a servant leadership type thing where you're serving your team and together you're finding these solutions. So when you know problems arise within the organization, and, and obviously with logistics, you're dealing with you know weather, you're dealing with machinery, equipment, trucks, so many different things that maybe you guys can't always control. Do you guys have kind of like a, a problem solving template that you utilize uh, as a team to kind of create solutions when these problems arise? Um, you know, it's it's I wouldn't say that we necessarily have a template. I would say that we have a culture in here uh, like that, that. right that supports and encourages uh, the utilization of everybody when an issue arises. It's not necessarily to call the team together uh, and communicate a problem, which is certainly part and parcel to it, but um, in developing an environment in which people are expected to come to the table with ideas and solutions and not tell you necessarily why things don't work. We all know that it doesn't take a genius to tell you why it doesn't work, but people to come in and say, okay, I can fix this. And the, the, the example that I use, and it's, it's, it's getting older and older, but is Apollo 13. And it's right. These guys are coming back. And they've got they've got four days on the mission and they've got a day and a half or so of oxygen. And so, you know, how do we get these guys back? And it's easy to sit there and say, well, they don't have anything in that cat. There's nothing we can do there. I mean, they're out in space. I mean, how the hell do we get them back? Yeah. Um, and that's one way that, you know, that's that's one mindset for people who come into meetings and think, you know, they're in the box. There's nothing we can do. And then there's people outside the box and say, OK, what's in there? What can we utilize? What do we have to get done? And you just, again, it's a mindset and a culture that says it's not okay to come into a meeting and sit there and listen. It's, it's, um, it's required that you have some ideas and it's required that you not be critical of other ideas. It's everything is on the table. Everything is in fair play. Let's talk about everything. And then when we come out, we'll try a few different things and we'll have a direction in which we'll try things. Yeah, no question, Harry. I always uh, tell my team there's three kinds of people in this world, right? There's those that are really good at making problems. You're not going to last very long on the team if you're causing problems. There's a lot of people that are really good, as you said, at identifying and bringing problems to you that they found. But that third type of person who is an out-of-the-box solution provider, thinker, creative, always trying to solve problems. That's the person who's not going to have any trouble, trouble, you know, moving up the ranks, becoming a leader, becoming a manager, because they're always problem solving and not just finding the problems. And a lot of the people who are losing their job, you know, going into 2023, where 70% of economists maybe think there's going to be a recession, then with the job losses this time, those are the people that I think are really going to struggle. So as a CEO, you mentioned one of the first things that your job is as a CEO and a leader is to really lay out that vision. And as an experienced CEO here, you know, building this business, uh, Amware, 
what is kind of your strategy or what have you found works in knowing you've got the right vision for your company and your team? Um, well, cer well, certainly you have to be able to gauge uh, the temperament in a room. You, you have to be able to gauge people's reactions. And that's why it gets tougher and tougher as we work remotely. Uh, and people can blank screens or you can't necessarily yeah. gauge someone's whole body language. But, but, but clearly you can see people that get excited about an idea, uh, people that immediately jump in and, and have four other thoughts about what you're doing. Um, so, you know, to me, if you think about, if you think about a CEO and what a CEO wants at the end of the day, it's people who can deliver on what they need to deliver on. And, if you follow that model, you want to be one of those people that delivers for the CEO. If you're one of the people who waits around for the phone to ring, I'd be told what to do. Well, we don't have enough time in our day to be calling everybody and telling them what to do. So you're looking for people who are autonomous, but people who can work very, very well um, in a group environment. Th those two things uh, sometimes sound uh, opposite, um, but clearly the ability to work on your own, but yet to function within a group is critical for 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 success in in the corporate world in the in in, in the real world uh because all stars have a habit of ostracizing themselves and you know people will make it difficult for them uh so you always want people in the room who are somewhat extroverts but if not extroverts at least people who uh welcome others in uh see an opportunity to have communication and discuss ideas not just within the room but outside the room I mean really at the end of the day what you want is to be able to plant the seed but when when something starts growing it's pushing everybody up including the CEO mm. No, no question about it. So in the fulfillment space that you guys are in, and you're working with a lot of e-commerce, e-tailers, as you call them, businesses out there, and in the audience, you know, there are a lot who are looking to build that e-commerce business, take it to the next level. And one of the headaches they, you know, come across is finding a great fulfillment team that they can have confidence in. You know, what is it uh, that you guys have done at Amware to, to create a competitive advantage or deliver more value to your, you know, customers, clients, strategic partners, if you want to use that uh, term, that, uh, that that basically makes them decide, wow, we really need to work with Amware. They're delivering more value. What are some of the key components that you feel like you guys do really well that for someone out there who's listening to this is, is looking for something like that, that you are going to be able to help them grow their business and take that next step, whereas other fulfillment teams might not be able to do that. So we're pretty good uh, at, at handholding our, our customers and directing our customers on how we can help them grow. Everybody wants to grow. At the end of the day, if you're not growing, sure. it's going right. It's just a finite yeah. time before you close the doors. No question. Uh, and, and for us, we'll tell you, we, we make growth happen. But what we mean by that more so than we make growth happen is that we don't inhibit growth. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's unlimited growth, if you will, uh, with some parameters around it that require good communication. Where is it you want to take your business? What's key to your business? Where we add value is um, on the whole network layout. We can tell customers where the best, where is the best place to place your inventory? How close to end users do you want to be? Um, we, for instance, do things like everything is same day shipments with us which is rather unique because if you think about e-tail as running promotions, 
they don't know how many they're going to sell. Honestly, this may be a first yeah. time promotion, a second yeah. time promotion. And so um, we get ourselves set up so that whatever comes in the door, we've got a reasonably good shot of getting it done. We've got good planning. We've got good communication back, back to our e-tailers, but you know, for them and us, it's to treat us not as a vendor, um, to treat us not just as a partner, but as a strategic partner. I mean, e-tailers are great at drumming up business, getting people to hit the, you know, hit the buy button, you know, and then, and then it's all about making it happen and social media. Um, so we, sure. you know, we monitor social media. We're very, very much aware of uh, delivering on our commitments. We, you know, we know that a lot of our e-tailers and uh, stay up at night uh, worrying about what customers are going to put on social media. Um, nothing like oh, a yeah. good review, right? And so we understand 100%. what it takes to make a good review. The value that we bring is that uh, within the supply chain, we're incredibly efficient. We use the latest technology. We have drones in our warehouse and not to move product, but we wow. actually have drones in our warehouse to count product, uh, do inventory checks for customers, uh, make sure we stay aligned with that. We have robots uh, in our warehouse because 50% of the time and cost associated with someone in a warehouse is actually travel and walking. So to the extent we have people staying in front of an area, then we have the robots bringing the work to and from them uh, is a big saver. You know, we, we generally give them a competitive advantage on the logistics side of the business where it's cost effective, uh, it's timely, it's very accurate, and we do customized packaging. So what I like to say is a company like mine puts a smile inside the box, not outside the box, right? Like you know, many, many, <laughs> many of my customers- That's pretty good, unique products. Uh, that are not inexpensive. They they command a premium. And the last yeah. thing you want is that shipment coming. And I know when I get a lot of my stuff with the smile outside the box, right. I'm shaking. I can hear it rattle inside and I'm just hoping it's nothing fragile. But, yeah. you know, with us, it's unique packaging. It's an, exp you know, opening the boxes an experience. And my yeah, customers exactly. get to use their boxes, not my box. So when someone, you know, gets it, it's wow. They're right on social media. I ordered this stuff. It's unbelievable. I got it. It was packed nicely. It looked great. It, you know, someone cared. I like that, Harry. So it's not just, you know, the, the prime two-day shipping smile on the outside of the box, but it's actually giving that customer a great experience when they actually open the box, which ultimately is making your client, your strategic partner who is, is you know, having that product sent out through your fulfillment team. Now their customer is having a better experience, which is leading to more five-star reviews and helping the social media algorithm to actually grow their business. So you're literally kind of becoming part of the team of these e-commerce businesses to where now, yeah, the speed is there, but there's a better experience for the customer. There's efficiency because you've got, you know, the locations and it looks like you got 14 or 15 uh, fulfillment facilities across the country, you know, from uh, East Coast there, New Jersey, uh, down to Atlanta, all the way over to Los Angeles. And so really, you know, the speed is there, but the quality and the experience, I think that's that's a huge selling point right there. And I really like the way that you explain that uh, to us, because that that's what people are looking for is they're building a business. They're looking for more of a partnership and less of just being kind of a cog in the wheel of business as it's moving forward there. So really uh, amazing stuff there. You've got that competitive advantage, speed savings, the client customer experience, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
And some of the examples, it sounds like you guys also integrate really well with some of the big platforms out there, the, the Shopify's, et cetera. Talk to us a little bit, uh, if you could, just about some of these uh, different platforms that you integrate uh, well with and, and why it is uh, you integrate well with them. Well, it's, um, you know, for us, it's uh, plug and play. Uh, every time we, you know, a Shopify or another shopping cart that we approach, we're already doing handshakes with them. And so by virtue of the fact that we're doing handshakes uh, with all the shopping carts uh, and the technologies that are out there, uh, it's very, very simple for my customers. We'll hold their hand. Uh, you know, we can show them all the options, the pluses and minuses of who they're dealing with, what really is in their best interest to do. But ultimately, they'll get to make that decision. We won't direct them to anyone. So they can take advantage fully of everything that's out there. And very, very simply, when you connect to Amware, which is very easy to do, or another third-party provider, we'll get you connected uh, to whoever you have to. So we're up to date on any changes. We're up to date on the latest technology and, and handshakes with, uh, with the shopping cart. So whatever has to take place on the back end, we take care of. All you have to do is uh, plug into us. Th there's an additional point that I wanted to, I want to mm -hmm. add uh, along the lines of what value we bring. Um, I have about 250 customers and we do about 15 million shipments a year. The wow. purchasing power that I have, parcel, for instance, parcel spend, uh, is usually three to four times the spend that you're going to spend uh, on the actual fulfillment within a four-wall environment. It's a huge piece of the expense for an e-tailer. So we have the purchasing power, right, of, of 15 million shipments, and we get very, very good rates from parcel providers. We pass that along and share that with our customers. So they don't have to go it alone and deal with a UPS or a FedEx or a DHL and sit down and negotiate all the the, the DAS and the uh, and the you know home fees, uh, we've already got that mapped out, uh, negotiated, great rates for that. Customers enjoy a very, very big discount on parcel, uh, which is a big piece of the pie for them. So not only do we get great service from the from the parcel carriers, we get great rates, which we're able to share. So that I just wanted to add on to the value that we can bring because uh, every penny counts today and everybody wants free oh, shipping, yeah. right? Yeah, no question. Uh, helping to save money and make things more efficient, they're obviously going to help uh, that bottom line. And the bottom line, like you said, is important. It leads to the growth, all the good things. One of the things that, uh, that really caught my attention is just the fact that you guys have done more than just become a typical logistics company. Like you're making investments in technology, such as warehouse robots and drones that are increasing your efficiency, because you're right, a lot of the you know, time that uh, your people are spending is kind of tracking and going through and assessing where the inventory is at and, and how much more is going to be needed, you know, based on different campaigns and promotions that, you know, your key uh, clients and customers here are running. Um, how much of a competitive advantage do you think that is versus a lot of the other fulfillment teams out there that may not have made those investments? Um, it's huge. Uh, turnover on average in this business is 49%. Oh, yeah. And and uh, so if you think about the cost of of, of that, and we use $10,000 per turnover, uh, if you think 49% is average, if you're doing 30 or 25%, you're doing good. Oh, yeah. um, the problem is with growth, or the challenges with growth, is that uh, the laws of physics don't, don't cease to exist within the four walls of a warehouse. 
the way to service growing customers isn't by adding more people. There's only so many people that are out there. There's only so many people you can fit in an environment. So you need technology. You need uh, you need smart conveyance within the within the warehouse. Some of that can be as simple as smart conveyors moving products and shifting it and directing it. Some of it is about robotics, which gives you a little bit more flexibility where you don't have fixed conveyor that you have to work around and it takes up space. Uh, the robotics today are uh, really brilliant. They they know within the warehouse where they have to go. Uh, they know uh, if they run into an object or they see an object down an aisle, they look for an alternate path to get to where they need to be on their own. No one is directing them. Um, and uh, if you if you don't if you don't utilize that today, you won't get the throughput. Uh, you won't you won't get the advantage of cost. Uh, you'll be paying higher cost because you'll be slower, less efficient, put yourself at a disadvantage. I mean, people are willing to pay for unique products, uh, but only so much, right? If you kind of pile on right. shipping and handling and that gets out uh, of control, people will look elsewhere to buy a product for something similar. So you always want to be oh, yeah. cost effective. And technology allows us to handle volume, uh, handle cost, uh, and do it much more efficient. The reason that we can invest in technology um, is because we have um, we have not just the capacity, but we have critical mass to do that. We have the volume, obviously, of orders to do that. So it's cost effective for us to invest. Um, but I'm going to go back to what we started to talk about earlier. I'm probably a bit of a dinosaur in the fulfillment industry. I'm not a kid. I'm not you know I'm not a a Gen X, a Gen Y, and so. Right. I rely on a lot of these kids who did nothing but play video games early on uh, as they're growing up to now come into the warehouse and do the ultimate. It's not a video game, but now they're playing with robotics. They're playing with technology. They know what they're doing. Um, and so, you know, in, infusing the team with this group uh, now pushes the the traditional group, if you will, the operating group. And they and they and they continue to push each other, and that's how we really grow our business and we advance in technology. That's it's a smart way to do it. That's how we uh, learn in terms of the technology. Bring some of these young kids who are utilizing it, and instead of you trying to figure out, hey, teach me about this, and it's a great way to learn about different social media apps, technology, and things, and utilizing their skill set there to kind of grow your business and team. Well, a lot of people you know, at this point listening and wanting to learn a little bit more and, and maybe figure out, you know, how can Amware provide any uh, solutions in terms of fulfillment, et cetera. If you could take uh, just a couple minutes here and tell us like, here are the, you know, types of, uh, you know, e-commerce e-tailers or direct sales organizations that you guys typically provide a lot of value for, and then tell them where to go, where they can get more information. Sure. Uh, our customer base is made up of uh, nutraceutical companies, uh, e-tailers, direct sellers, if you will. Um, health and beauty is a big segment of us. Food, not so much, a little bit less. Apparel, yes, we do quite a bit of apparel. Uh, so, And critical parts. Uh, we do a lot with critical parts as well. Um, if you want to reach us, our, our uh, website, uh, amwarefulfillment.com, is full of case studies a lot oh, of like information. That. Yeah. A lot of information. You know, you're going to find someone who was in your position at one point. Uh, the library is that deep. Uh, you can do it at your own leisure, obviously. And if you need help, um, you know, someone will get back to you. 
uh, you know, within 48 hours and be happy to talk to you. You don't necessarily have to be a customer. We'll be more than happy uh, to guide you where you need to go because maybe you're not a fit, but you might know someone down the road who will be. So we're more than happy to make the investment and, and chat with you and direct you and show you where you would best be served if it wouldn't be by us. Absolutely, guys. So make sure, you know, you go to Amware fulfillment.com there's also a free ebook the seven deadly sins of b2c fulfillment and obviously you want to make those good decisions but put someone who has 30 plus years of experience on your side like Harry and his team and see if there's a fit there or if you know other groups uh, that are looking for great fulfillment teams clearly amware is going to be one of those you're going to want to take a strong look at well Harry Really appreciate all the value you've brought, everything we've learned from your path as an entrepreneur to a CEO of a major firm like Amware. And for all of our e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs and business owners out there, understanding the best way you know, for you guys to be able to scale up is having a great team. And that starts with a great fulfillment team. And I really enjoy the values and principles that your team, you know, is working with, because I think that's a big factor in me deciding who I want to do business with as well, guys. So make sure, you, again, you go to AmwareLogistics.com. And Harry, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Leo, it was a pleasure. Uh, a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.